Team Rabbit Hole Edition 165, Them Sea Changes with Sam Sager and Judith Vari. Woke, cool, LA-based, alleged fire sign, super couple. Join the team as we shoot the sh with returning guest Judith and first-timer Sam. The surf is dolphinately up. Well met. Hello. Hello. <laughs> What's up, kids? Um, we'll get into some stuff. Uh, like I said, Judith's been here, and that episode was funny because of the technical glitches, um, but it was fun. Sam, it's your first time on. I'm happy to have you here. You're cool as fuck. And I was just looking at your chart again. I forgot uh, that you have a, a fire, moon, and sun. Uh, and Judith's son, I think, is Leo, is conjunct Jupiter, if I'm not mistaken. So you guys really are like fucking bottle rockets. It's serious. Um, but to start, uh, it is the hanged man episode um it reduces to number 12 numerologically and i now surrender thy will be done this is about surrendering to the unknown sacrificing your idea of power allowing the pause to give you perspective and attainment of the tiger self and enlightenment are within reach Raphael, what would the galactic heritage card be for 12 we have now 57 this is orion leap of faith present timeline for thousands of years humans have been used to living with the mindset of polarity we continually label things as good or bad if we don't know how to label something we feel confused or insecure but now that it is time to integrate polarity and transform as a species we must take a leap of faith jumping off the cliff into the unknown to a realm where labels like that don't exist we must learn to simply be with things as they are without the addiction to labeling them. As we do this, our consciousness transforms and we heal once and for all the old wounds from our Orion heritage. As a double Gemini, like the whole thing about not labeling, it's like, I feel personally attacked. Uh, I don't actually, don't worry. Um, but I'm kind of curious between the hangman and what Raphael just read the Orion card, uh, and Judith, I know you have that deck, actually, maybe even both decks, uh, Starman and that deck, uh, what resonated with you guys? Well, yeah, I have both those decks, but for me, I'm at a point now where I think that everything constantly resonates. So, so I'm at a climax where, where. Yeah, I can't even like like pinpoint it down what resonates at what specific time because everything just becomes everything constantly. It's it's a strange climax that I'm experiencing lately. You, Sam? Yeah, for me, it's everything kind of just this structure in a way, kind of fading away. It's more internal. I mean, I externally I have a lot of structure, um, and internally it's like me just being more like okay with everything kind of breaking down and just going with the flow as it's coming and kind of like I'm aligning to <clears throat> what's important for me and what's truly important for me in my life. And then just like manifesting like what I want and the direction I want to go from the nothing in a way if that makes any sense. That's pretty hangman-y. So that's good. Definitely hangman -y. I was going to say, on the one hand, you sounds like you guys are both surrendered to the flow, the Tao, like the way it is. Uh, but at the same time, when you do that, there's a tenacity and a power that kicks online that tiger self of enlightenment where it's like, okay, now that I know 
what the game is I can play on my terms now. Uh, so there's a simultaneity of like releasing, like going be chill, like Zen mode, but at the same time like Mario Star mode, like let's get let's get it kind of action. Uh, I'm trying to live the dream to the most uh, to the fullest capacity one can, and that looks different for everybody, obviously. But given y'all's uh, charts, which I both know to some degree, um, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. So. Let me, I mean, we, I've talked with Judith on here before, so people kind of, whoever tunes into this might know how I know her, so I don't have to go back into that. But thanks again, Judith, for letting me crash on your floor for a month. That was dope, right before COVID. And then I saw Sam in the passing of the night when, like, I think the last week of my being there, he came back in from Switzerland, um, and y'all went to his pad over somewhere else in LA, and I was stuck with two cats. I sound like it's a bad thing, but I was being with two cats um as COVID was popping in north hollywood and i just didn't know what to make of it um so i think maybe a good place to start uh and you could go as much or as little into your own biography sam as you want but like kind of i mean obviously you were in switzerland uh and i know based off your chart um just because i've read it you both were born in beverly hills so tell me a little about like how you grew up what your culturing is like maybe anything that you think is pertinent to anybody who's trying to get to know who you are yeah, so I grew up in L.A., born in Beverly Hills, um, lived in Santa Monica since I was five. Um, grew up kind of, yeah, like skateboarding and then kind of transitioning to more of like a, a rebellious kind of street life growing up. And then I, when I was 18, you know, I get, got away as fast as I could, went to university in San Francisco, took a shitload of psychedelics. Um, and just found a nice kind of like i would say my first kind of spiritual uh revolution of myself i would say and then studied a year in abroad in amsterdam um so that journey <laughs> continued what and, was your major um i actually originally i think i was trying to do psychology um and because of the budget cuts were so bad um, yeah, Schwarzenegger, who is the governor of the time, um, he, well, he, def he defunded. Yeah, he defunded the education. What a connection. Yet another really bad export. <laughs> yeah, right. He's Austrian, eh? Um, and, he is, uh, yeah. And now he's going to save the planet from overheating or something, supposedly. And just, just because, oh, you know, there's no other place to put it, but... You know, there is a whole thing to say about, you know, the whole climate thing and even the fires in California. We may get into this eventually. But let's just say what I found curious is that like two years ago, there was some kind of important conference in Vienna. Schwarzenegger was the Californian governor at that point. And so he came, you know, to sign and be important. And we're all so renewable and so on. And of course, everyone who looks more into this just knows it's there's more, let's say, to the picture and uh, many, many things to consider. Um and anyhow, even on the official state broadcast television, when he was like signing something or whatever, you could clearly see his ring. And uh, maybe he's a goth or something, but he had like a ring that was a skull. And, uh, you know, I don't know, like, you know, there's always many layers and nothing to overinterpret. But to me, that's just Terminator. honest. Huh? Sorry, he's the Terminator. Oh, oh okay. Well, oh, well, maybe that's the reason. Well, um, here we get into a whole other layer, but I'm not too familiar with the Terminator movies to be speaking of that, but kindly just continue. I just found that interesting, but yeah, maybe that's the reasoning why he gets to wear that ring. Thank you. 
As far as time travel movies, Terminator's not the worst thing out there. I will say, although Tenet is way cooler and Primer and shit like that, Looper, way cooler time travel stuffs. Um, go ahead, Steve. I, I didn't realize you were into psychology. Um, it's cool you went to the Bay Area and did a bunch of psychedelics. Like, what were you doing? And did that, like, shift you completely out of the academics, or did you finish that up? Like, keep going with your story. Yeah, so um... – Actually, I moved into a pretty rad house with my buddies, and I lived there on the beach for like six years, Ocean Beach, San Francisco. And I transitioned from – like what I was saying was uh, the governor cut funding. His daughters went to private school, so he figured there's not really a good reason for public schools to have much money. So like all my classes got cut, and I was like, well, all right, I can't get any classes for psychology. I guess I'm going to take like something in sociology and philosophy of religion. So actually, um, sociology, which is something that has always interested me based off of kind of like how I grew up and the circles that I hung out with, um, which at San Francisco State was mostly dealing with inequalities and philosophy of religion, which um, took me more into like Eastern traditions and um, combining that with psychedelics was a great idea. And, um, and then, yeah, studying a year in Amsterdam. So I finished with two uh, bachelors, one in sociology and one in philosophy of religion. And in Amsterdam, I met um, a Swiss woman who we had a long distance relationship for a while. And eventually I moved to Switzerland about seven years ago. Um, me and her are not together anymore, but um, I've stayed there and basically ended up um, – well, from the first day I was there, I was like, you know, I want like there's no burritos in this, <laughs> in this, in the capital of Switzerland. How Machiavellian! You're just like shit. I see a need. That's exactly right, <laughs> and I'm I definitely like um, I'm at pretty action driven. So <laughs> like Aries life, Leo. Exactly. Well, I also Mars square Pluto, so that's heavily influenced. Thank you. Judith, I forget, is also a mystic. She's like, uh, our, well, between us, we'll, we'll figure it out. And with the religious studies thing, is, is that when you got your, is it a Kali tattoo you have? Or uh, was that, how did that ink get on you? Yes, it's Kali. And um, in San Francisco, yeah, right? In San Francisco, yeah. yeah. I mean, I just have always been interested in, well, I always had a strong draw to, um, to Hinduism. Anyway, with all the religions, I feel like they all pretty much, they're all speaking the same core. It's just based, it's funny because it's like sociologically changed, right? So like the religions are, you know, all speaking more or less the same thing, but they're all different depending on like the time and the place that they were, the scriptures and like the more, I would say, dogmatic side. Um, but I was always drawn a lot to like Hinduism and um, a lot, I resonated a lot with those teachings, um, especially mixing it, like I said, with the things that I did, um, just in, you know, the world of Maya and all of these different kind of, yeah, and different aspects from destruction of destruction constantly, you know, because you had a lot of death around you. Oh uh, yeah. Up. For Kali. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I have a, like pretty much most of my tattoos have related to do with death. So. I have a Sublime and an Alice in Chains tattoo on my two legs. Both lead singers died of heroin. I have another um, one that I drew up. My best friend died when I was uh, when I was twenty, and um, I have a tattoo I drew up for him. I have his ashes mixed with the ink, 
it's dopey, like the seven dwarfs smoking a blunt, throwing up the West Coast, wearing Vans, because <laughs> um, that's would be pretty much what he wanted. It's pretty pretty typical, I guess, of my younger self. Um, and then a Kali. Uh, so yeah, that's I, f- I find death kind of is fascinating in a way. My dad, my dad said that with this, uh, with this. Uh... Uh, two BAs, he should have been a rabbi. <laughs> That's so true. Mazatov. It's funny because uh, uh, Raphael has been to India. I haven't. And um, I think he's uh, pretty on the Ganesh flavor. I can't speak for him, Raphael. Obviously, speak for yourself. Um, and I haven't been to India, but I have been to Amsterdam so, and San Francisco once. Uh, so I, it's funny. I think between both of us, we'll kind of get an idea from very different angles. And actually, Raphael's been to San Fran. Um, we'll get kind of an idea of what you're about and where you're coming from. Uh, Rafael, did you want to uh, say anything to, you know, defend your position or whatever the fuck? I'm just kind of rambling for you. I see nothing to defend. What do you mean? I mean, you're into Ganesh, right? I, I mean, it's funny because there's so many deities and uh, oh, well, with Kali. Basically, Go ahead. it's what Jordan said in terms of, um, oh, sorry, Jordan, I'm Sam. I'm <laughs> so much for time shifting. Um, in terms of that, yeah, they all speak of the same thing. And then it's simply like, you know, you have all these masks or variants, even within any mythology, any pantheon, you usually have deities corresponding to another culture, maybe just slightly altered or with slightly different attributes, but the main archetypes like in the tarot and so on, they just stay the same. They all point towards the same truth, you know, the one that cannot be named, as we know by now. And then, you know, it's kind of like, you know, what, what color scheme do you like? What art style do you like? That's the way I approach it. You know, what flavor in a sense do you like? And I think it's amazing, actually, and very interesting also in terms of how I imagine different civilizations that we actually have in a sense, such a shattered realm where it was even possible, however, this exactly happened that you would all the, have all these cultural derivations, let's say local of fundamentally you know the same ideas or the same system i think that's uh, quite unique it's like an epistemological tower of babel and it's kind of funny because um david d'angelis uh the guy who did the starman tarot um that we were reading from judith who got it uh, he's been on the podcast a few times shout out uh he talks about this i think well in one of the maybe the intro some card i forget where but it was talking about ontological um primitives or primer i forget primitives so it's kind of like the like you know a circle is not quite a triangle is not quite a square and all of the way these angles interrelate um like whether it's celtic and druid stuffs or um you know polynesian myth or hindu myths it seems like they're talking about the same shapes the same ontological primitives but like you're saying they're kind of overlaid with different um well karma and perspective and situatedness and stuff to the degree that it is kind of ironic ironic is maybe another word but it's like fascinating how we could be seeing the same thing so differently uh it's beautiful but it's trippy as fuck at that level too go ahead the self perceiving itself right and we're all like fractured parts of the whole and we're all trying to make sense of everything from our point of view and that's yeah it's also speaking of duality right but it's yeah unfortunately a lot of people think i'm right you're wrong and you know there's it's not so black and white like that right (laughs) um yeah our egos are kind of tricky little bitches where they 
tell us. It's like Cloud Atlas. It's like instead of being like, "Hey, don't go down there. You'll get stabbed." It's more like, "Hey, tell people you know what's up." Um, and I mean, I think I'm guilty of this as everybody, but it's like um, it reminds me of this Talking Heads. They have an album called "Stop Making Sense," and I think there's some level to that. It's like you don't have to make sense to other people. Just live your life. Um, depending on one's presuppositions, like yugas and stuff, there were times when like being yourself would get you like you know burned at the stake or fucking whatever. It seems like we're in a time where it's a little more um, open-minded, but not all the you know it's not perfect uh, and simultaneously perfectly oh, as it is. Yo, know. not to be too contrarian, but if you remember our show yesterday with Claire Edwards and Steve Wybro, you uh, may have noted what actually happened when someone chose to be themselves and breathe air freely within public transport. Uh, mainly the point being that 20 policemen showed up, all got well resolved, but just in terms of, you know, burning someone at the stake or even socially uh, online and so on, I wouldn't, it's a different layer, but I wouldn't say that we're comp completely past that, although we may be at a point where it can finally all get processed out, so then we can leave everyone else, you know, to live their own lives. Well, it's kind of, oh, go ahead, Sam. Sorry, no, I think we're moving in the right direction. It's really easy to get, like, sidetracked with all of the shit going on, but, like, one huge fundamental difference from now now versus when they were burning people at the stake, which, you know, they fucking will still do some places, right? But is that we have the internet and, like, we have this means of having everybody connected. Like, everyone's already connected, right, on the metaphysical plane, like, on the different non-material place but quantumly. That, yeah quantumly right but the internet now makes everything instant so like when you see that like one person on the on the train for example without a mask and 20 police coming up like it's you can't hide anything anymore which is like it's really powerful because like it's can it makes it easier than ever to spark change but it also makes it easier than ever to put somebody on the cross or to like spread you know, f false information or like to manipulate people. Right. So it's, um, but at the same, it's like, it's crazy. It, it's, got, it goes both ways. It goes both ways. Yeah. It's pretty ratchet times. And the funny thing is the guest that he was talking about, um, is an Aries also. So I think some people have in their blood, like, you know, stand up for their rights or whatever. Um, and I'm glad that he, to say he got away with it is maybe not the right way to put it. Cause that would presuppose, presuppose he's like incorrect or something, but it's nice to see people not being, um, you know, when they decide to, to do what they believe is right, um, not being <laughs> martyred or whatever necessarily, like, I don't know what the consequences are in Austria, Raphael, for like, you know, bucking it, maybe fines, maybe jail time. Um, at this point, I mean, I put my mask on when I go shopping, but other than that, I'm secluded enough. I don't have to deal with it. I can't imagine how it is in LA. Um, I, I did enjoy my time there and I, I mean, Venice beach is like, I love that spot. Uh, I wasn't there much, but like for the week before you, Judith, I was there. Um, and so Santa Monica kind of area. Right. And, uh, yeah, I think one of the last times I talked to you, probably not on that podcast, but like there was looting and craziness as it kind of calmed down. And since we've talked, there's been fires, right. And crazy shit. What's up with the, where you're all are at. Um, yeah, no, it's, the looting has stopped. Um, we actually went out for that. 
uh, we didn't loot, but we. Heard... <laughs> but we went accidentally in the middle of the looting. Yeah, we will. This is a pretty funny story, actually. We're journalists, we heard... conscious journalists. We were conscious journalists. Actually, <laughs> we we heard the the peaceful protesters behind my house. We wanted to join the hippie movement. <laughs> so we we walked out like behind them, um, and like the peaceful protests ran into like hit the main road, and there was like a caravan of cars. And they ran into like the not peaceful protest. And we were standing there across from the 7-Eleven while it's getting looted. And actually there was this, she must've been about like 85 or 90 years old. And she, she's, like walking. she was walking on a walker with her little dog. And she crossed the street and she like, there's people literally driving up to the 7-Eleven. Throwing shit into throwing the 7-Eleven. Throwing shit in the back, breaking the windows, throwing the stuff in the back, like in, from the 7-Eleven, looting it. And this... This grandma, you know, I don't know if she's a grandma, but she looked like she could be someone's grandma. She's walking on the walker with a dog, totally oblivious to what's going on. She's just strolling around, not giving zero fucks. She, either she, yeah, either she didn't really care, or she just didn't. I think she's really... passed this shit. She's she seen so many things she, that probably <laughs> she's just strolling like, around, it, whatever. <laughs> and she like walks up to the front of the Seven Eleven, and someone's like, I imagine he was like, "Well, ma'am, like it's we're closed." <laughs> and she just kind of casually turned away, turned around, just kind of walked away, just like nothing, like it was no big deal. And then we proceeded to walk down the street. And yeah, it was pretty crazy, actually. There were like massive lootings, mm -hmm. and cars, like just everywhere, U-Hauls, people rented U-Hauls. Yeah, like coordinated efforts, it sounded like with U-Hauls. Like, yeah, let's go over here and take all that shit into the moving van later. It was coordinated as fuck, and yeah, also it was uh, it was funny because meanwhile the police were nowhere; they were down. It was extremely fishy. Yeah, it was really fishy. Everything just smelled fishy. Anyway, there was places in around LA where there was like bricks set up, and I mean logically, like you can say whoever, whatever, but logically, the way I look at it is like there's a lot of you know I'd say theories on what those bricks were, but <clears throat> I mean. I don't know. You mean the Antifa brick type theory? Exactly. But in reality, it's a Black Lives Matter movement, Who, whether it's Soros, blah, blah, blah. But it's a Black movement. So, like, considering the white supremacists can't just walk down the street with their fucking hoods on and burning the fucking cross or whatever they did, you know, they have to find a way to infiltrate the movement, right? And what a better way to infiltrate the movement than to fuel angry people with, like, all it takes one person to start looting and everyone's going to do it. So it was really like, I don't know. It's just, and the police were nowhere to be found. They were like, they came hours afterwards after the curfew. So they, they arrested like teenagers who did nothing. And like stores were like, I mean, these are stores. I grew up in Santa Monica. Like there's a fossil store that's been open like since I was a kid and it's like closed. It's still closed because they got looted so bad. Strange days indeed. And it's funny because yeah, I mean, California is the Wild West in a lot of ways. I felt, I've always felt that L.A., specifically, you know, Venice Beach, Santa Monica, is like, I mean, this is a weird analogy, but it's like if the, you know, if the, the wind sweeps, you know, the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, it's like I think the wind of change goes from east coast to west coast in some way over the history. Like, obviously, the um, and it's not purely genetic, but like a lot of the people going to California originally were like, yeah, I'll deal with bears and other gold rushers and you know whatever um california fires like it's just like this level of um uh, not craziness in a bad way but it's it's much different than any other state that i know of in america i've been to a lot of states 
uh, even Hawaii, which is like totally not anywhere near here, um, has a totally different vibe. So it doesn't surprise me that kind of went Grand Theft Auto like that. Uh, even that video game is very obviously much <laughs> simulation theory all the way with uh, the area. But um, at the same time, it's weird because it seems like a lot of things that have been bubbling under the hood of America's car and the consciousness in general is popping there uh, right now. Um, I do want to give you a chance, Sam, to, uh, if you, I mean, we got to like, you were in Switzerland because of a relationship doing the burrito thing. Is that, were you cool with your story? Like, I just wanted to make sure you said anything you wanted to say about uh, your kind of who you is. It's pretty good. I mean, yeah, like I said, like <laughs> I was, I started with the burritos and then. Was it in Bern? Yeah, Bern. Yeah. Yeah. In Bern. So I started with food trucks, caterings, now caterings and big festivals and stuff. And, um, we do a lot of other food projects, but then I found like, you know, Judith was supposed to come out and visit. And then I was like, fuck this shit. I'm not about to get quarantined with my crazy ass roommate who is absolutely fucking batshit crazy. And I was like, all right, like I'm just coming out here. And then I came out here and what was like two months ended up being six months. Now it's about seven months and pretty much changed. I think the whole, it's full, full on timeline shift. Mm-hmm. Full on timeline shift for, for for both of us, I guess. I wanted to add um, to this whole GTA thing that, in my experience, especially looking back, it was like a perfect, perfect. Um, uh, how do you say that? School book example of of how the the inner reality is reflected like it's a holographic universe and how whatever happens outside is the inner chaos of the collective uh unconscious and the personal subconscious as well and really when we cut uh, suddenly popped into that looting i was looking around with open mouth like this is like this is so trippy like how did we come from the inner plane to the outer plane immediately and how is this so connected and it was just and la and california vibes is actually trippy in that way like it really seems like all this craziness that constantly pops out or up this drama is like it seems like here the the outer reality is responding faster things are manifesting more faster i think i have this feeling and it reacts to the inner realities faster and it just and uh flows with the flows with the collective yeah strangely should be popping should be popping as far as i understand isn't la specifically also historically one of the main hotspots for all kinds of occultists la specifically isn't that correct yes the city of angels that is correct and the only place i've really been to and i have to say the little that i saw i haven't been to you know venice beach what they sing about in rap songs or whatever um i've only been to i think it was north hollywood the garland hotel really nice i was there i went there with a friend i was like wow I would totally stay here, but I was only there for a Bashar transmission, which was also, you know, fun. And yeah, I mean, the whole, my whole journey there was trippy. Um, all the, all the time I, I was over there, uh, in the States. But, uh, yeah, aside from that, what I found, it was pretty sprawly to me, LA. And understand. Yeah. Yeah. And seemed rather unfriendly also because eventually I wanted to like get to my Greyhound bus. And of course, kind of public transport kind of just didn't work. I'm not sure what exactly happened. And then finally, after like 20 minutes, I was able uh, to get a taxi to pick me up or 30 minutes. So I just drove there because I was like, okay, you know, got to get somewhere. Um, well, for the record, yeah. Greyhound is not Flixbus. Like Greyhound stations are usually in the worst parts of town. Uh, <laughs> it's just weird how that works. I've been to Detroit Greyhounds and like uh, all you know, random Greyhounds. And it's like this is 
uh, yeah, it's it's like it's not usually it's it's like the broke people cheap traveling as much you know for as least as they can, a little as they can. Flixbus, which is the European thing, which you guys are all probably aware of, is like in like four times as good. Rough. I was like clean, safe, uh, organized, usually on time. Whereas this shit, uh, Greyhound is kind of hit or miss. Anyway, keep going. You know, I've heard the stories of both. I've you know I've got some experience with both, and uh, even I mean. I'm just throwing these things out there. We don't have to discuss them, but California itself as a totality also seems very special. And uh, there is even this, these old maps when it appears as if California is an island or was an island at some point. Um, yeah, LA with all the occultists and so on. So I just want to reinforce this idea that most likely there is some huge vortices probably all over California, Manchester, of course, as well, but pro- most certainly also LA. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if what you're stating is correct. However, it also appears, and maybe because of that reason, that this may be one of the spots where there is a particularly high, let's say, mind control focus also of potentially, you know, negative, quote-unquote, entities. Well, between That's... Scientology and Hollywood, I mean, what the fuck? Hollywood. Hollywood, Hollywood is haunted as fuck. Hollywood's like, haunted, but... You can feel the history, like... It's gnarly. Yeah, Hollywood city for sure. But also Hollywood, the industry, it's like, what a better method of mind control, right? Well, it's weird because I've always had this, uh, and we've talked with Corey Kaplan about this, um, and not to get ethnocentric in a sense, but he's part Jewish. And he was saying, um, and I don't think everybody in Hollywood is Jewish, um, but they're like, they're the storytellers. And a lot of people who are in Hollywood are... And I'm not sure how it works if they're understanding because I have friends who are on something called like the Sync Book and stuff like that where they, it's bizarre when you start looking at certain people's like film like uh what um IMDb's and you start seeing like how they're cast and stuff and it's almost like some people are playing some high level 5D chess with human RPG like puppets kind of thing. Yes, these are still people with like lives and bank accounts and children and you know like they're individuals, but like there's a real magic that goes on. Um, and I don't know what that would ultimately lead to, but it seems like people, you know, whether it's Stanley Kubrick or Spielberg or any number of the people who work out there, um, now, and even with television, it's not just, you know, movies, it's, it's the whole, uh, scene, like the whole industry. Um, there's some weird kind of scrying mirror or something that goes on. It seems like a lot of hopes and dreams for America and the world have been projected into those areas and those people have been like kind of the handlers of dreams in a sense well you know that it's in the name right hollywood it's the star well, the of magic thing yeah yeah, yeah. well it's yeah, kind of even like a wand right like hollywood that's what i thought magic what, wand. yeah like gandalf stuff shit or like mickey mouse and the sorcerer's apprentice with his wand or whatever so um plus anyway, california we- has a lot of uh a lot of different spots where there's extraterrestrial sightings, UFOs, everything like that. There's a lot of healers in California, a lot of energy healers. There's a lot of different stuff. California's for sure has a lot of things going on. It draws people in from all over the world. It's got this magical fucking vibe to it. It's extra. Which, which is like, where's that coming from, right? Of course, it's coming from like the outside, but it's also coming from the inside. It's coming from different It's coming lines, from the right? history, coming from the land, coming, coming from, from all A lot of different things, stuff, yeah. you know? But yeah, no doubt, California's definitely a crazy place to be a lot of people say they're leaving but that would be cool because then there's more space for the rest of us <laughs> so there's like a mass exodus happening 
Kind of. A lot of people, well, I don't know. I mean, you know, whenever... It just came to our field. Yeah, a lot, yeah. and the last like time there's been a lot of people saying, I've got to get out of California. It's, it's becoming unsafe. It's a shithole. Yeah. It's a shithole. i got to get out of California. But, I mean, you know, people say that, and it's harder to do it. But, yeah. So, um, I actually lived in Switzerland for a year, but more over in Montreux, kind of um, the French-speaking yeah, part. Really. Yeah, it was dope near uh, Villar, um, the resort kind of between Montreux and Villar. Um, you were in Bern. I, am I tripping or are you guys going back? Yeah, so Judith's leaving here uh, in about a week. And I'm leaving at the end of October. Flight got to cancel like three times now. So we just we pushed it back. And now <laughs> yeah. and we still want to push more, but no, we got to go. Yeah, we got to go. So she's going to Hungary. I'm going back. Um, I got to figure out my situation and then she's going to come to Switzerland for a chunk of time until we figure out what's next. That's what's up. Switzerland's dope. Judith, have you been there? Oh, we forgot to push the button. No, but honestly, I'm dreading thinking about winter. I escaped winter for two, um, two years now and I'm totally fine with that. And if I think of a yeah, Swiss winter yeah, winter now, I'm a bit It's scared, not that bad though. I mean, you'll just have to snowboard. True. True. Yeah. I got to it's, it's really not that bad. I like I have a house out. I don't have a house, but I rent a house from 1846 and um, we have no neighbors. We're like at the end of the street. There's a creek in the house. So it's full privacy. I have two huge speakers and like huge like We want to make a healing place of, of that. Bring bring the California Namaste to yeah. Switzerland. I mean, it's not going to it could be a lot worse. I'll put it like that. The biggest thing is like the weather, the cold, the gray. Um but I mean, everything's kind of just kind of worked out so far pretty well. So, um, I just got really cushy here and, and this is going to be the, like the next step. And I got to realize that I got to move on. So it's just the next step into the next adventure. It's yeah. all good eventually. And anyway, this place is still here. It's like, I've lived in the place that we're staying now has been, I mean, I don't know how the world is. Honestly, we feel like we're still in lockdown. We kind of stayed in quarantine with Sam. We're, we're in quarantine vibes. Which is nice. Which is really cool. <laughs> I don't want to break it. I just get up at like 5.30 in the morning every day and surf and then just do whatever. I was going to say, you surf. And I've seen uh, on uh, Facebook, um, Judith going to Venice Beach, if I'm not tripping on that. with It looked very kind of like... Uh, uh, Blade Runner 2044 or whatever. But um, with the sky, that was like maybe a few weeks ago. But um, how locked down are you? Like, I guess, I mean, it's voluntary mostly, and there's just not a whole lot going on, and, like, the city's kind of like, fuck, everyone shut up and stay home kind of thing? Or what's the deal generally there? I think it's just completely voluntary. <laughs> I mean, obviously, there's not a lot of places, like, not a lot of stuff are Can't open. It is. Then you have to go with masks, so not, that's not too good either. Yeah, we go out to eat sometimes, like sometimes. Spend the money on vegan food, yeah. yeah meaning not much. There's a nice <laughs> vegan restaurant. Um, are you finding that like all the burrito shops are slacking and you're just like, I got to go do the thing? Uh, oh, dude, the burritos here are not very good. I And I always thought it's funny. I always was like, you know, yeah, like burritos in California are the bomb. And I just realized fucking how really truly good the burritos that we make are they're really really good because it's like when you focus on every ingredient and you focus on everything that comes in in itself so like if you like if you eat the beans by themselves the beans are going to taste very good if you eat the we put like for example pickled red cabbage in it's like raspberry pickled and if you eat that by itself it's going to be very good everything balances everything else so there's like thought and intention into everything and people like don't really do that. They just kind of throw shit together, and they're like, "Fuck it, you know, let's make it big." 
and let's do it for whatever and lots of meat and it's like yeah nah it's like burrito i haven't eaten much burritos that's what i was trying to get at <laughs> well it seems almost like a microcosm of the situation that america's been like the karma of america it's like just make it quick no tlc don't know what what's going into this like a lot of ignorance a lot of speed a lot of just instant gratification um and i think there's kind of a bill being paid right now like karmically for everyone in a in a positive polarized sense like we have a chance to kind of reset find our internal compasses figure out what paradigms and you know vibes we want to be on personally go towards these places um but it's also a moment i think i mean i can't imagine how like super obese people who just like lived on slurpees and you know booze or red box or whatever you know like movie there's so many people's lives are potentially being shifted without their consent that I'm surprised it hasn't gotten worse in America. I mean, I'm imagining it's really hard, like places like Hawaii, LA, where it's nice weather and shit. That's got to add a level of psychological kind of like cabin fever aspect to it. Um, so maybe we should take a quick music break. And when we come back, we can uh, talk about anything you guys want to talk about traveling uh, plans, any observations about whatever Judith magic mystery stuff, you know, whatever's clever. Sound good? Sounds good. Perfect. And we are back for Team Rabbit Hole edition 165 with Sam and Judith live from LA. I uh, picked that song, Judith. I don't know. You probably don't remember, remember, but when we did that, uh, Rape and on the beach, and then we're driving around to have a marathon or whatever. I was bumped with that shit. You thought it was cool, so I figured I'd play it. No, it's a crazy thing because like two days ago, well, I've been having these these interesting experiences now that my energy levels are going up and down very much, and uh, and I'm like half in a well, quote unquote, depressed mode. Not depressed, but like extremely unmotivated. And the only thing that works is that a beat just pops into my head. I have to listen to it, and I start to dance so much that I. Like, I sweat crazy. And actually, two days ago, this song totally caught me again. And I was listening it repeat like 30 times and flowing with it. So I thought you, like, I don't know why I thought you saw that I'm listening to it or something. But no, it's a sync. So cool. And yeah, I remember the rugby. That's what's up. Yeah. And um, it's funny because... I don't know, Rafael, if you've done Rape. Maybe we've talked about this before. Whatever we did, it's the kind of thing where the device was like blow in it and sniff at the same time or whatever. And I felt like I snorted straight out like big red bubblegum pixie dust or something. I was just like, oh, like I've never – but it was not psychedelic psychedelic. Like I'm a tripping face or something like that. It was just like I felt like my aura or something was changed. It felt very subtle alterations. Yeah, Rape is great. Yeah, we got six different kinds ones um, now, and they are so much cleaner, and they're so good, and they connect you really with with the different ingredients. Like I got one that has cacao in it, and Palo Santo, and San Pedro, and it really elevates your mood. But you know, in an extremely like natural way, like yeah, like, super subtle. Yeah, very subtle. So the one that you tried, it was really an older one. Oh, here's a kitty. It was an older one, so it gives you more headaches. But I think it's like two years old. I got it at Ozora. <laughs> Sick. But also, actually, we got Sonanga, and we tried it not long ago. Ooh, uh, nice. Yeah, it was very good. Actually, we diluted it uh, one three drop. Times. Three times. Yeah, one drop Sonanga with Could two be. parts water. <laughs> it, all, it was straight up habanero in, in the in the eyes. And for me, it was really, it gave me a really good release. I cried for like 15 minutes. Sam was just blinking around. 
but he's a tough guy. So what is and you got the um, the original stuff? I did at Azora. I don't know if you caught that, Raphael, but um, that's kind of funny because he's been there a bunch. Uh, I don't know if he still goes, but um, at one point, well, they open up. <laughs> yeah, something like that, right? It's funny because Judith had hit me up. I don't know if you're still planning on doing this, but she was like, "Oh, I'm gonna do something there. If I do something with like a bunch of people, do you want to do it?" And I'm yeah, like you're saying, I don't know if travel is even gonna be an option or what. So I'm trying to play by ear slash. Um, I haven't been smoking or tripping or anything, so I don't even know how I would respond to a very psychedelic environment right now. Like, I don't know how connected or like weirded out by it or wanting to participate or whatever at any level I would be. So anyway, I, I digress. What is Sananga? Tell me what the fuck's going on. And I mean, beyond, was it making you cry because it like hurt your eyes or is that like the point of it? Well, so basically, they use it in South America. Usually, tribes use it. I don't know which specific tribe, or is it more tribes, but they use it for um, night vision to enhance night vision for also hunting to clear your energies out before ayahuasca. Yeah, they call these negative energies panemas, and uh, it's supposed to clear you or rid you of those energies. And yeah, just like with hape, they use it in conjunction with the psych with the medicines. It's actually a strong anti. Um, is it an anti? bacterial i believe but it has some kind of also physiological properties to it um you're not supposed to ingest it in your like in your mouth but you can drop it in your eyes i was i was pretty scared at first because we read after it and it says that it, it doesn't contain ibogaine but it contains ibogamine mm -hmm. so i was like i don't know how how it's gonna affect hard or not but honestly the crying was well i'm pretty sensitive so i think and i used to have um for a very long time like a suppressed um, anxiety disorder, which, you know, like two years ago, it bubbled up very hardcore. And I had used to have like 24 hour long panic uh, attacks. And I had to deal with that with meditation and, and plant medicines and stuff like that. And well, mostly with flower essences. And uh, so I think that I'm still very sensitive to my physiology changing. And the long, long years of drug abuse in my teens, I think that kind of I kind of suppressed the fact that I don't like to change my physiology in that way and abuse myself in that way. I mean, I have a Virgo stellium, so I went totally opposing to my to my constitution, I think. And so when I have a slight little difference in my heart rate mm -hmm. by something affecting me from outside, even that sometimes with coffee, mm -hmm, then that gives me an anxiety, which, which kind of, I have to let it go through me and then it can sometimes change into a release. So it starts out with some kind of strange anxiety and then it becomes... Yeah, a nice, nice release with crying. And I, a lot of times I shake as well. So energy wants to come through. So I think it's also a transition. Like I'm transitioning the still the remaining anxiety in myself and releasing that. And with time, I can feel how I changed a lot. So it's, it's like night and day compared to like a year ago, how I managed my anxieties. And yeah. it's a big learning curve. I think that stuff has to come up and it just gets Definitely. triggered. It just gets triggered like either through different things. But I think one huge trigger is just like the physiological aspect of it the different like you said different heart rate yeah like i'm i'm not i don't have death fear anymore from these anxieties back when it started it was so strong that i really felt like you know i'm brink of on the brink of insanity and i just could not let it go through me without being extremely feared full because it really felt like i'm either dying or going insane so it's a very interesting thing, and I think it's it's uh, present in a lot of people's lives, and we just suppress it. I mean, I managed to suppress all this anxiety I held from my childhood, and I think it affected my drug abuse for, you know, like 20, 25 plus years. And then it suddenly bubbled up with me being in New Zealand. And interestingly, 
and bubbled up in a town where actually later I found out that a Pluto line is going through um, that town exactly where I had my breakdown. For so. astrocartography, you mean? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, that makes sense. What's um, funny is that there's a, a business a business line, right? Or what is it hmm? you said with, with Burn? Oh, yeah, and I have um, my MC line goes through Burn exactly, and it's just totally, I mean, Sam just came out and over, you know, in my life, and he's like, hey, I think I can help you with your business, like, and Burn, I know a lot of people, and I checked Burn, and my, you know, career line goes through that, so it's so, it's fascinating. Do it. MC is all about your uh, um, midlife, right? So it's like, it seems like, uh, seems like where you should be going for the middle part of your life, for sure. Um so in terms of Sananga, I didn't, I mean, a boga I've heard is the kind of shit like that. I think it's an African herb where it's like, you're going to sit and talk to your ancestors for a minute and you're yeah, going to stop yeah. doing heroin. Is that not active in this Sananga or is it just similar name or what's going on there? Yeah, it's not active. So, well, uh, Iboga has Ibogamine and Ibogaine as well. But the thing that makes you more crazy is the Ibogaine. And this actually, the par- problem is that there's not a lot of studies on Sananga. So, I read a lot, but it's like, it's hard to say what it actually contains. They detected a few things in it. And the one closest to the things that um, ibogaine contains is, uh, I mean, iboga contains is ibogamine. And it's supposed to, so it's not like actively psychedelic. I guess if you put like 10 drops in your in your eyes, maybe it does something. It's really, it's also subtle. It's like on an it's energetic like level. Yeah, it's just like rape, just habanero in your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Fun. Uh, Rafa, have you ever done some hunger? Uh, yeah, I believe though, just one, I challenge anyone to take it and, uh, not move. So, um, I mean, I would say on one hand, I'm very, the hangman card, just I'm very, still, guys. Uh, pain sensitive. On the other hand, I'm usually not, you know, one to make a big show or just because I feel, you know, some pressure, whether <clears throat> psychological or physical, uh, if it's, you know, like imminent, especially within an experience or journey, I'm not one to like most easily go crazy but yeah i had my leg i don't know moving for sure and it i mean it's just like with hape but for the eyes and if you get a proper dose of hape then you know how that can feel especially the first time so yeah but it's i mean i think it's cool you you feel good afterwards like with all of these things when you release whatever and you cleanse it may not be uh, the most comfortable within the moment itself but if you kind of get the context and you know what you're doing you know i mean all the medicine is here, you know. Surprise, we don't need much of any, you know, pharmaceuticals. Which brings us actually to really a good transition to kind of what we would also like, what's been in our field a lot, which is just healing in general. I mean, just like healing through our own body's natural mechanisms that we are innately born with, right? And um, all that kind of jazz that goes with it. I mean, there's a lot of things that have been coming up in our field, whether it's from water or I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, something called post electromagnetic field therapy. Um, also with just thoughts and how much power your thoughts have on um, the really the cells of our body and everything, right? We're mostly. And the water space. mafia. <laughs> yeah. And the water mafia. There's a lot of crazy stuff, but. I mean, we're basically water and empty space, right? So it's like how much of that in all vibrations. So our thoughts are very, very, very um, powerful into forming our 
reality and how many thoughts we've had that we don't even know about right yeah especially in the city like this yeah fucking la yeah but it's one of the downsides to urban living as fun as as stimulating as things are like i've lived in honolulu and ran you know visit a lot of places um there's you start getting into other people's electromagnetic fields in such a different way uh like right now i'm in the middle of nowhere colorado so it's like i'm not too stressed um i don't think about you know, unless I see people, it was weird the other day we were driving through town. Uh, it's not a big town. There's like a traffic light or two kind of that. Well, a few, but like not a big town. Uh, and there were such on each side of the street on all four corners were a bunch of Trumpers being like, you know, he's releasing kids and all sorts of stuff. And I was just like, I didn't really react, but I, like my brother and his girlfriend are more liberal and like not into QAnon. And they were just like, fuck, this is annoying. And my mom was kind of more like, she's not all about it, but, I think she voted for Trump, but it's just a weird time. You guys get that. I digress. Um, let, let's talk about healing a little, but I'm kind of curious. You guys were doing some alchemy um, with mugwort and all sorts of shit. Blue Lotus, it sounded like. Tell me a little about what you were making and what the goal was and what the effects of that were. Mm, it's still a process. So, you know, the last podcast, I told you guys about how we got all these herbs and we started to experiment with making teas but it's so bitter like i thought that if someone tells me that something is bitter i'm like i always thought that everyone is pussies and i can just drink it but no actually it's so bitter that you can't you just can't drink it you can't down it. it's like extreme bitterness so i decided to make like an alchemical like a spagyric extraction of all these herbs so now it's still um brewing, brewing. yeah outside i put it for 40 days and um grape alcohol and and then I'm gonna separate the the liquid part from the plant material, and I'm gonna burn the plant material a few times to make like a plant salt, mineral mineral salt uh, from it. And then I'm gonna re re remix the two particles together. So this spagyric extract means that the plant or like the extract has all the properties that the plant previously had. It doesn't lose anything. It still has all the minerals and all. It's just more um, potent. So we're gonna see how it how it works because <laughs> i brewed a lot of plants together once again so we're just what gonna, are you gonna call it i don't know yet i'm gonna have to dream about dream fuckery uh, <laughs> i'm just gonna have to dream dream the name first i don't know my, my dreams are already crazy shit. yeah sam's dreams are becoming crazy i i stopped I, smoking like mm-hmm. so much i used to smoke all day every day like massive amounts and now i barely like weed smoke. right oh yeah weed and not I mean, meth no not meth um <laughs> Uh, that wasn't, uh, I was just clarifying. I didn't think you smoked meth. I smoke copious amounts of crack cocaine on a daily basis. No, LA! Um, you know, LA lifestyle, dude. And you got to deal with all these electromagnetic, uh, you know, fields, fields go- coming around. And the neighbor's aura in our bedroom. Oh, God, our neighbors. Yeah, but anyway, point is, is yeah, crazy. I have crazy dreams. Now that I've like cut, significantly cut out uh, cannabis, I have... I've always had crazy dreams. I've had dreams that have come true before. This like, one is in the third house, and Mercury is in the twelfth. Yeah, that makes sense. Fun. I've seen an amazing meme um, where it's Martin Luther King. And it says, uh, "Stoners when they quit smoking." It says, "Like I have dreams." <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's kind of ratchet, and I'll be honest. Like I haven't been smoking much. Raphael, I think, still partakes. I don't know to what extent. Um, that's something that went away very much for me when I drew, like when I smoked. Like it would just, I wouldn't have memorable dreams. My intuition kind of felt nubbed out. Not to say that I wasn't there, but I felt kind of like just disconnected, but but com- 
comfortable in a physiological way, in another way. I've been taking 20 milligrams of melatonin for a few months every night, which is quite a bit. Um, and between that and listening to um, binaural beats and kind of uh, – uh, I'm forgetting what the word is. Um, not suggestive programming, but like like stuff that's uh, programming you. I'm, I'm trying to think of the word is. I'm listening to the show. I guess it's like super subtle NLP. That's like I can't hear it. It's like inaudible, but it's like uh, Haley, my fiance. Brain. By the way, she. Uh, go ahead. Brain entrainment with yeah. Uh, yeah, my uh, fiance turned me on to that, and I was going to say, uh, Haley says, hey, Judith, um, I was told to tell you she says hi. <laughs> I don't know if she listens to these podcasts, so I don't know if she'll ever know, but uh, I did my job. So, um, But anyway, shout out, Haley. I love you. Yeah, she's dope. You guys all – even Raphael is O negative. I don't know if you're O negative. Uh, um, I'm O positive. Oh, shit. I think I'm O positive too. So anyway. Oh, um, bro. L- Listening to these things at night, um, I totally space. Oh yeah, dreams. Um, once you stop smoking, if you, I, because the whole point of what you guys were kind of making it seemed like Judith at one point hit me up and was like, "Yo, you want some of this concoction?" Um, we're basically like tripping, like open-eyed, not sure if we're asleep or not. So it sounds like dream magic is something that you guys are both into. Well, that was the tea part when we yeah, it started to hit um, faster than we fell asleep. <laughs> um, my dreams are strange because it always comes in um, in cycles. Like sometimes I dream extremely strange stuff where I do very tangible, like I I don't know, I go into like karmic karmic field stuff and I deal deal with very strange entities. And when I wake up for hours, I'm not sure what is a dream and what is a reality. It's very strange, but it comes in cycles. And then other times, like now, I can feel that I have so much going on in my dreams and in the middle of the night, I remember. And in the morning, it's just, you know, all gone like water from my hands. But Sam, Sam, he's on it now. So I want the dream stuff now to use it to um, help me remember my stuff. I had a crazy dream the other day. Long story short, it was... um... There was uh, a UFO came and there was, I was in this house with this magical tree and, you know, this, this, this craft started pulling up all of these children. Uh, we were all swirling around the tree up to go into the craft. When we were in the craft, they had all these children and they were like, it wasn't maleficent. It was like very like happy and they were teaching the children and learning from the children and teaching the children. Um basically like preparing them for like like kind of harvesting them but not in a negative way um and yeah it was pretty it was pretty crazy i have a lot of weird stuff like that i had a dream with fucking gavin newsom the governor and he was batman and we went to like go and like break into this lab it was like a lab with lab people there and then like i don't even know it was fucking wild and then um like they they caught us and they turned this they had this machine that was turning people into like things and they started to turn this girl into a bee and they were like yeah when this and she was like screeching super loud like when she's a bee like when she turns into the bee then all of the ants in the world can't work in sacred geometry anymore and it creates it was always very synchronistic his his uh, dreams because he dreams this he doesn't tell me about it he goes surfing and then i wake up later and i am in a sacred geometry group for an hour looking around and i send uh sam stuff and then he tells me about the dreams so it just all comes together all the time or i dreamt about mushrooms and i wake up in the morning and my buddy sent me a text about magic mushrooms so it's pretty strange Raphael, what are your thoughts? Of course, it's not strange at all. 
um, the one line, of course, always is dreams that are memories. So what I'd like to ask, just to follow the, uh, you know, uh, etheric contact line of inquiry, can you say anything more about this interaction with the children on the spaceship? So where they're like human children, then interacting with uh, etherics or uh, being taught by them or how, if you can describe that any further. Yeah, uh, they were human children and um, it was somehow pretty magical. <clears throat> it, wasn't, it wasn't negative at all. Like I said, it didn't give me a bad feeling. At first, it was bad in this house where I was in. It was like a bad feeling. Like there was like a another being trying to break in and had bad intentions. And then that being was gone. And then all of a sudden, like like I said, like these people, humans, get pulled up into this craft, swirling around this magical tree. And somehow in this whole mix, there was mushrooms involved. But I don't exactly quite remember the place of the mushrooms. And, uh, and then, yeah, we were in this craft and it's not a hundred percent clear for me anymore, but there was like, it was like, uh, there was like a lot of different rooms. It was like a living quarter almost. And I think it would had to do with traveling to different place. Like they were taking us away in a way and, um, with good intentions. So yeah. it was, yeah, it was like this few interpretations for that oh, yeah benevolent abductions i guess many at this point would gladly sign up for that however i can only assume that we're all here because as jim likes to say we're actually the ground crew yes what, um rafael i don't know uh, the details but this what he was saying kind of reminded me i mean in the sense it's like y'all like in terms of a harvest like jupiter rising kind of harvest would be a negatively polarized kind of connotation to that like oh supper's ready time to eat or whatever um maybe not literally but like yeah, hey, we're here to get you so what like the twilight zone episode how to cook humans i don't know if you've ever seen that the old tv show twilight zone i've seen the show i haven't seen that particular episode there's an episode where they they uh have this the they come down in a craft and they're like yeah so we want to cook for you guys and we want to invite you on the spaceship i don't remember exactly what for but and there was a book, it said, like, how to cook four humans. And I guess, like, at the end, like, the four went away or, like, dusted away. And it was, like, how to cook humans. And the guy was like, oh, shit, I shouldn't go on this craft. But it was too late. And the Twilight Zone music. Doo -doo 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 -doo. No, I'm a sandwich. Shit. Uh, so, yeah, that would be, like, the negative polarization of this. I guess the positive polarity of the idea of being, it's almost like, yo, here comes a big graduation event. We're going to nudge you into the vibe of where you need to be. Like get you all caught up on this, uh, you know, curriculum, so to speak. Rafael, what I was going to ask is, um, if you wanted to talk a little about that guy, I can't remember his whole story, but I think it was in South Africa or something. Do you know what I'm talking about? Right. So supposedly there should be a documentary movie out by now called Ariel Phenomenon, written A R I E L. This so the. Uh, individual I met is called Francis and he was basically a primary schooler in I believe it was uh, Zimbabwe at that point and uh, there was plenty of witnesses both like surrounding just seeing some blimp or something and also all of the individuals at school both the teachers and the children and what supposedly happened or also according to his own account which he shared at the UFO conference I attended in Germany um, is that, well, basically, straight up, a UFO landed. 
some entities came out. He first said more they'd be uh, so gray-like, but also he said there may have been some, I believe, mantid type as well. And they kind of went around. Some children started crying. Some children were kind of paralyzed and some were just observing. All the teachers, I think, were inside at that particular point and only later kind of like joined. And uh, yeah, I mean, the account to the account was highly interesting. Later, a psychologist arrived and was like talking to all of them to kind of verify. And of course, even now when you research it, some will say, oh, it's just whatever. But it's certainly interesting that so many individuals and children saw the same thing, including him. And he wasn't like boasting about it. He only actually started talking about it again, in a sense. And what was also interesting is that he said that the main message they gave telepathically to many was, quote, take care of your environment. And how I interpret this, of course, is this understanding that you are your environment. So take care of yourself. And of course, of nature and uh, harmony and the Tao in the totality, of course. Um, yeah, so that was this particular experience that is uh, quite well documented. And just the way that he explained it in terms of what happened completely fits with many other accounts I have heard of apparent encounters in physical reality or some kind of, you know, slightly shifted reality. That's also why I'm assuming that for the main event, let's say, only children were witnessing it uh, close up. Well, yeah, no doubt. I mean, micro macro, right? Take care of your environment in and out. And I mean, yeah, we also have just gotten like your into body with your thoughts, right? Yeah, body and thoughts. Also, I mean, the world, we're all connected, right? But also, like we about this whole thing, we we got into a lot about. We want to start go, joining like CE five groups and things like this, and start our own in, start in, our own in, in Switzerland as well. Um, You're gonna make it happen. You're gonna take oh, a, like a faith card. And right? as soon as you move, we're gonna do more shows because, of course, main listeners on OK Talk are actually German speaking. Quite a few in Switzerland as well. So uh, we're gonna, you know, hook you up with whomever we can. Perfect. perfect. And we should definitely uh, try to hang out when, when, when we get oh, over there. For sure. The no doubt. No doubt. But yeah, no, we really want to start this. We're not want to. We will. I mean, very. Um, when we say we're gonna do it, we, we do so it. So let it be written. So let it be done. Yes. Oh yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, because I think it's really like on on us in a way, you know, I don't really buy into the whole narrative of like, of course, I mean, this is a conversation we had about like, having beings with what their intentions are and what dimensions they exist in. But for sure, like these, the ones that visit us, right? Like, I don't necessarily think that their intention is to destroy us, right? I mean, if that was the case, they probably would have done it already. Um, but I don't you know it's like also the duality right exists right so just like there are good so to say there's also the bad so it's like kind of the duality goes up into yeah, the it's, higher, higher yeah it's kind of hard to navigate but i think i don't buy into this whole like ab abduction they're gonna like take you away and fuck you up and they're here to destroy us and everything it became it became a yeah um conspiracy theory like so it's the next big fucking thing yeah, I, it's hard to put into um, English. Um, maybe to provide some perspective. And of course, also, this is not necessarily canon or the ultimate authority, but a nice perspective as usual by Bashar. So he gets asked, do you have a clear definition of who is friendly to Earth, who is neutral, and who is hostile when it comes to other intelligences in this universe? 
And Bashar says, we are aware of such, but the idea of the ones that are interacting with Earth are either neutral or friendly, or in a sense, the way you might perceive them as simply, they don't really take you into account. No one interacting with Earth is actually openly hostile. No one openly hostile is allowed to interact with Earth. So there's other reasonings and backgrounds I could expand just maybe very briefly. That another idea is that a negatively polarized civilization, just as uh, humanity appears to be coming out of at this point, obviously is too distracted with itself to really think about, you know, colonizing other planets or bothering other realities. Then there's the whole idea, you know, of free will and then of varying other layers of consciousness and uh, just, um, as I would say, even a good guideline interacting with other humans is just never to immediately only assume malign intent. And even if that may be detected, always like check for what belief system that comes from. But in terms of, you know, galactic interconnections, that seems to be the case that uh, if you're negatively polarized, you're in separation. So you'd, you will probably rather be separated from all kinds of other intelligences, unless, of course, they really tightly lock into your frequency, which is also, in a sense, one may contend what some individuals on this planet actually are attempting to do with, you know, certain rituals and certain ideologies and philosophies and so on and so forth. But yeah, so, so much about you, uh, that. Are you familiar with um, Dr. Stephen Greer at all? And the stuff that he says, and he has a couple of different documentaries, and I guess he's been speaking for quite a while. Yes, of course, he's one of the prime sources for this. He's also, I understand, let's say the originator in the sense of the CE5. And what's beautiful yes. about this, uh, even, you know, take everything with a grain of salt, neutrality, if you will, believe this or that, or make up your own mind. But the thing is, with CE5, just like with the rice hardware experiment with Emoto, where you cook your own rice, um, is you can just try it yourself and you can have your own experiences and you can make contact yourself. And, uh, I think that's always the, the greatest thing and the right approach because certainly, and especially if we want to do this in an empowered fashion, communication with other intelligences, you know, including animals, potential spirits, or so-called extraterrestrials or etherics certainly first is an individual choice and process. But then ultimately, if we want to do it properly, also very much is a, a collective idea uh, we need to come to terms with. And that just means that the more people out there actively engaged, gathering their own information, you know, the better, in, from my view. That's also why I asked about your dreams, because I also consider them, of course, as equally, you know, valid and relevant. So I always like, you know, have this kind of dream sharing, because that's for me just another level of how... Uh, we are ultimately communicating to ourselves, of course. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I mean, in, in dreams, I've had a lot of, I've had really a, a lot of crazy dreams, stuff that's come true. I've, I have a lot of people who have died in my life come back in dreams. Um, and yeah, no, I just brought up Greer because I thought, you know, in this, I mean, I, it's kind of like the whole, well, I just, He's tight. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it ripples out. Have you ever so had the... a dream? <laughs> <laughs> it ripples out. So if if one starts to look for these experiences for themselves, uh, I, I already had a lot of strange experiences, but I never had like an experience where I really um, one to one 
see with my eyes maybe or or communicate uh in a group setting with with an entity just that just appeared from another dimension or came down from the sky or i never had this group setting where all of us are in awe of of you know seeing something that we didn't see before and i think having this experience really pushes you so much out and it ripples out that you start to really tell this to other people mm -hmm. so really um uh speeds up the the communication of this thing and the puts evolution. it out yeah, the evolution of it and puts it out exactly to to the to the open and this is how yeah we it's kind of like that's how it's a leap of faith fire, dude fire, fire. yep and exactly. it, <laughs> and it takes away power from like any other like say group of people that would try to use it against Exactly. Because, yeah, well. yeah, because they put this, they put this um, stamp on it as saying it, it's a Hollywood, they, right? Yeah, like it's a conspiracy theory. Well, and yeah, not only they that, ridicule it. They, ridicule they ridicule it, but they take the credibility away. And like, talk about we talked about Hollywood earlier in terms of like, mass mind control. And they've in, like installed this program in us like thinking about like these beings as it can only end bad. Like and the X-Files. Like the X-Files. Like Independence Day, like all War of the Worlds, right? All of this shit that they put in our There's heads. There's one that's not that Arrival. And, what? Arrival, that's not that, Right. Yeah. Well, like, anyway, the, like, fuck, I forgot what I was going to say. I smoked weed yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. But, I should say that my Nana, who's a hardcore conservative Christian, uh, messaged me like a month or so ago. Maybe it was like two months. And she's like, um, have you seen this documentary on Netflix about aliens? I was like, what? And it was the Stephen Greer movie called uh, Documentary, which is very compelling. Exactly, unacknowledged. So if people haven't checked that out on Netflix, do it. Because I'm not one – I mean, I'm not running to UFO consortiums and stuff. I'm tempted in a sociological sense to try some of these things and just out of curiosity. But I'm not like beam me up because I don't even know what I believe ultimately in a weird way. Um, well, I think – go ahead. You, man, but I think there's no doubt that we've been visited and we are constantly visited in like this dimension and other dimensions. And like, just if I think about what is going on in our world and what's used all the time, like as like fear, for example, is the easiest way to control population. It's also the best way to keep people sick. And like, it's, I mean, talk about population control. Fear is like the best tactic that they can have or that anybody can have. And so whether it's with a virus or whether it's with and for control, right? So, I mean, and it's crazy because we we uh, actually ultimately we um, uh, how do you say that code ourselves or program ourselves into into the well, the fear gets pumped to us, right? But we, with our thoughts, program our waters within. Yeah, and the water, is, the water, like, I mean, the tap water in most places is shitty. Um, the bottled water is bottled worse. water. Yeah, it's. The water, the water question has coming been coming up into our field a lot, and how there's really a you big said mafia. mafia. Yeah, what is up with water that? mafia? It's the fact that they actually like Arrowhead and stuff like Nestle, that. Nestle, motherfucker. Yeah, Nestle. <laughs> you hate. Me. I've actually smoked weed at their headquarters off Lake Geneva. It's oh, ironic dude. you say Nestle. They're crazy. Nice. So that they just take tap water and um, with reverse osmosis, uh, clean it out more, add some minerals, and sell it back to you for, like, a lot more money, right? Than the tap water, which totally. costs almost nothing. And and it's just ridiculous. And how in Ni uh, Nigeria, right? Yeah, in Nigeria. The, in, the in water the, situations are so bad in some places. The capital places. city, they have, they have, I think, what is it, 20 million people and 19 million people don't have access to water at all. They don't have access to running water, clean water, nothing. And they go to, the Nestle goes to, 
take water. They build a factory next mm-hmm. to a village and they take water from the village and, um, and they promise the villagers, yeah, you'll have access to water, but they just fuck them. Of course they do. Yeah, because... they make an arrangement with them and then they don't stick to it at all. So it just really, how do you say and, that? It strips. And yeah. the fact is Nestle bought a lot of these, these bottled waters that are around. Nestle has bought like a lot. And Nestle is just one example of like the problem, right? But they've bought a lot of different um, these companies all up, and so what you see is mountain spring water is total bullshit. It's just reverse osmosis water with no minerals inside. And I actually, we we were we were looking water came up a lot. So like for example, there's other companies that sell um, water filtration systems, and there's one big one, and they have quite expensive devices. And um, and it's shady because they have a really pyramid scheme kind of, well, I wouldn't call it a pyramid scheme, but they have an MLM and MLM's uh, multi-level marketing. I think they take away a lot of the integrity that's behind the business and behind the product itself. And the fact is, is they do what they do have, which is really good, is they have multiple videos and a lot of people have done this where they have a, um, they test water and they test water for pH because, you know, cancer thrives on acidic environments. So, and cancer is really is a, uh, it's chronic. There's a lot of things that lead to cancer, but, um, for example, it's a big thing is, is, uh, ROS is free radicals, chronic inflammation, um, and oxidants, right? That's where we have antioxidants. Antioxidants help to stabilize free radicals or oxidants and, um, and oxidants, free radicals, they take away, uh, electron in the electron transport chain, which is an important part of energy production at the mitochondria of the cell. And so they did this experiment with water and anyone can do it. You just have to get an oxygen oxidant reader and um, you test the pH of the water and you test test the oxidants in the water. And um, well, basically all the bottled water is completely garbage. It's like, it's mildly acidic. Um, and it has a, it has a high oxidant content and, um, what you really want is you want like green tea. They say green tea has, is antioxidants, right? It has antioxidants. So if you test green tea, it has like minus 200 or so, um, on the oxidant reader. Millivolts, no, as well. This is an electricity charge actually as well. It perfect. So, um, and it, great. Yeah, Fuck it's yeah. Very good. And, um, so you want basically to drink stuff that your body can one absorb and keeps your system at an alkaline. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I just drank out from the one gallon, uh, $5 per gallon alkaline water, which I don't even know how ridiculous. I don't even know how good that is. Cause it comes in a bottle. I, I, I <laughs> only way I'll believe it is if I get a, a reader and test my own water. But we feel like we can't drink anything in LA. I mean, the tap water is literally poison. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And so anyway, water is really important. Water mafia, they bottle shit water and they sell it to you. And like, if you look at situations like Flint, Michigan or other mm-hmm. places that don't have access to good water, and this is in like, you know, America, right? The best country in the world. Ha ha, you know? And, and in Nigeria, there's like a, a, a man with more, a little bit more money than, than his neighbors, right? And he had to take matters into his own hands and um, excavate water from deep down under. And the whole village and people from outside the village, it's not even a village. It's, it's like in the city. city. And they, the city. His, all his neighbors go there and they get the water from him. Yeah, and he's a nice man. He gives water to, yeah. to his people. And which leads me to another point, which has been bothering the shit out of me. And I know it's all political games, but... Like, so, like, everyone has 
like I just use Bill Gates as an example. <laughs> you know, I don't want to go too deep in that rabbit hole, but uh, we can. I mean, it's okay. But you know, like these philanthropists, these people who want to make a difference in the world, right? Like, why don't we give access to clean water? Why don't we do something about water? You know, like think about it. Like if I had, okay, for example, if I had, if I had, like, let's say I hit it big in the lottery and I got like, I don't know, 400 million, even billions, whatever. I have billions of dollars. Like if I really want to make a difference in the world, like I could even in just one city do something to like help fund or build like access to clean water and spark a chain reaction because that's what we have now. We have social media, we have the internet and people will be able to see, people will be able to see this and they'll be like, oh fuck yeah, that dude is fucking, he's doing right stuff, right? He's on it. Like, let's support, like, for example, Musk, right? Elon Musk, right? Don't, like, business. Business would be way better, and he would probably, in the end, he would be more successful if he would do something like this because people would be like, oh, fuck yeah. Like, I want to support that guy because he's helping the world. Allow me to say, um, there is, uh, because, you know, Facebook is now offering you since, like, one or two years for your birthday to do a fundraiser for one of the certified charities I didn't look through the whole list. I wasn't impressed. Anyhow, sometimes this pops up or did pop up on my feed. And I was always like, oh my, and just checking out whom they want to give their, their sovereignty away to, in a sense, because I'm a big proponent of the idea. If you really want to help, you do it yourself or you directly know whom and what you're helping. Because otherwise, again, it's completely irresponsible to send your money to anyone who claims anything and I mean, by now we know on the internet, everyone, uh, how do you say? No, nobody knows you're a dog, right? <laughs> so, and, and anyhow, this one charity, I think water org or water, whatever. And they say they're so great because hundred percent of their money, however this works, goes to that project. To and the yep. rest is funded by um, philanthropists or whatever, you know, just extra money. And what turns out, I didn't go too deep into it and I don't know anyone there. So I really can't say, but they build lots of pumps. Uh, but they're not really sure after like three years how many of them actually still are working. And uh, I just know of, let's say, different concepts and just heard of too many technologies, ideas, and also individuals really doing great stuff and not receiving that level of funding. So at all, let's say, just let's say Bosnian pyramids, you know, no funding at all. Yeah. Uh, some people trying to, you know, uh, green the desert and so on. Also very, very hard if you do it with like really advanced frequency based tech that is actually the thing to do. Right. So um, I just want to say uh, everyone, be, what is super important and with all the charity and help, really the best thing is if you can actually, you know, help yourself in any way, shape or form rather than outsource that especially if then, you know, it turns out to be so shady, but please uh, continue with your story, Sam. No, I mean, we're like water, something that, uh, yeah, we've been on it's this. It's of life and we are like, what, a lot of percent of water, 70 something, right? And so obviously. 99, I think actually, if you could just I count the if you just count the hydrogen itself, like how much it is really water in the sub molecule or whatever you would call it elements, it's like really even much more, yeah. Well, is actually a living water balloon. It's a secret. We're water. <laughs> exactly, we're water balloons. Water and empty space. Yeah, so we're literally constantly um, programming space. ourselves, right, with with our, our waters within. So, so it's like such it's such a uh, important component that fuses together life, and maybe it fuses us together with <clears throat> other dimensions too. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's extremely important, and we really want to. 
uh, look into how to build because we're, we were looking into the water filtration systems and there's like ridiculous like five thousand dollar kangen a platinum and a titanium plate whatever waters what and um and it's just it's just insane money like and th that's what they do with the multi-level marketing things and so obviously they lose their integrity because you don't know if the water is really good or if they're just all talking out of desperation because they just spent five thousand dollars on a filtration system so they want to make that money back so we're really trying to look into look into systems where we can we can build a water water filtration system that 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 can be used in wide wide circles right and it would be so good to team up with people find the others team up with people and make these kind of things and, well, there's uh, a lot there's also a lot of like i've been having this calling i got into pemf I, a family friend has been producing manufacturing these machines they're pulse electromagnetic field um devices and they basically um use electro magnetic uh, pulses to kind of open up your cells to allow them to breathe better. To I've been on a PMF bed. I've used this tech oh, cool, um, cool. before. So, it works. It's weird. Oh, 100% it works. But it's so super I'm, expensive. <laughs> yeah, it is expensive. Um, and it, you're 100% right. And um, But it definitely works. And so like that is one thing that actually kind of is like a device antioxidant in a way um because it just helps um to combat oxidative stress but there's other things right i don't know if you've heard about like these like other um compounds like i've been i don't know c60 came up in my field very supposedly and i've read some studies on it um that were done with rats but it's i also drank some i didn't die so that's there. how much i can say that's like Raphael's fucking status with drugs. With anything. I drank stuff. I didn't die. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I just ordered some C60. I want to try it and just to see how I feel on oh, it. And just to let you know briefly, because we talk about ripping off and so on, I believe it is goodandcheapc60.com. They apparently are the, let's say, mass distribution providers for many others. You just get a plastic bottle, but it's only like 15 bucks a bottle. Oh, heck, nice. yeah. Super and cheap. What's super and cheap? C60, is that what it's called? That's the shit like again. Nigerian it's... prince name of a website <laughs> yeah, yeah, ever. But it's good. It's called uh, good and cheap C60 OO for olive oil, I guess, dot com. So good and cheap C60 OO dot com. I already ordered also some friends. They, you know, it, this is, I, this is just the thing it is. And it's just, you know, the no frills no great marketing campaign site. So, I mean, that's the way I like to shop. Don't know about you guys. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, no, that's awesome. We're writing that down right now. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, I think it's like, a, like we kind of very at that point where like we can't really trust in, the integrity has gone in medicine, at least in the most medicine areas, not all, I don't say all, but in Western medicine, especially in the United States, where it's run like, like it's everything's run like a business, like your integrity is gone. And it's really more actually the whole financial system as a whole. Um, I'm not going to, yeah, I don't have to, I won't, but um, it's interesting though. it is really interesting. And I mean, just how flawed our financial system is in terms of just it being everything a system of debt, right? Um, but, and that takes the away integrity and everything. Like how could you trust me as your doctor when you know that I'm like, I, everything I do is so I can basically pull as much profit as I can. And, um, you have an oath. yeah. And 
so it's really important, I think, more than ever for people to take health in their own hands and like to do things, whether it's, well, everything is holistic, right? It should be a combination of things together, eating good food, of course, exercising the physical level, and then there's the mental level, right? There's like the good thoughts and the meditation and, you know, whatever it is for you. Um, and not good have, drugs if you want them. Yeah. And not plugging into the fear and not plugging into the fear-based society. And it goes in both ways, right? Whether it's conspiracy theories being pushed on one side or the other, or, I mean, just live in your own reality, you know? And, um, what was that? Fear and consumer based. Yeah. Fear and consumer based. And I think like, so C60, for example, um, you know, and all these other things, adaptogen mushrooms and psychedelic mushrooms. Of course, not for everyone, but you well. Know, and you all know, the other mushrooms, arguable. like all the reishi, cordyceps, yeah, adaptogen mushrooms. Yeah. Totally. And all, all these things, like, you know, it's just up to us. No one else is going to do it for us. But a lot of people don't know about that. A lot of people don't know about the water. They don't know. Like, my dad buys fucking bottled water. I'm like, every time I go there, I'm like, what? Why are you doing that? And it's just people don't really know. I told my mom the other day about this whole water um situation and so people like we i don't know why would we know right right how how would we know right we think that we're we can trust when we go to a store and we have bottled water it says spring water that why would we why would we why would it not be good for us right of course it's good it's better we're buying it our money money is supposed to be like showing integrity right because but us here we well it's a hard situation because otherwise you have to get the water filtration yeah yeah, you have to get the water filtration. And I wonder if it's if if somebody if I don't have any background, we both don't have any background in building like water filtration systems, for example, but what makes them so expensive? I'm wondering really. Like what exactly I know of course it's expensive. Well, Sorry, go ahead. If I may answer. <laughs> um just uh, one perspective. So I also looked into this. Also one of the first times I even heard about this stuff was through a friend with this Kangen thing. Yeah, super expensive. And then who knows, maybe it's even too alkaline if you put it too high, you know, there's many things to consider, Derp. of course. Uh, however, what I then found, there is a company and I gladly, you know, promote them because I think they just provide good stuff. Vital uh, minus energy.eu. It's a German company. And uh, what they offer is simply, uh, I call them sediment filters. So you just put it on top and it just goes through. It's in this sense, a really simple quote unquote technology, because all it is, I mean, you could even do this yourself, probably is some minerals in like a, a thing, you know, and this just drops through that's super simple. And then there is through a friend, uh, an inventor who made like very, very cheap, um, like round filters, you can plug into your faucet. Uh, if you manage, I never managed to do that, but technically you could plug them in or you just let it run through. And all it has is a really thin slice of a coconut, I believe. And uh, these are maybe if you buy them retail 20 bucks, let's say, and they would be the chemical filtration and the sediment filter. The thing is like 70 bucks, but the filters themselves are like 15 or 20 and are good for half a year. Of course, there is then more if you would want to go for reverse osmosis or something. But that's the setup I use, which, you know, technically would be an expense per year of maybe 30 bucks or whatever. Um, I also put some uh, noble shungite, which has very special properties, also proven with water and fullerenes and C60 and so on. Also some other crystals just because I got them and it's uh, nice. So I just want to say that's a setup I use. That's pretty cheap. You can always go for more. These guys developed a filter where he said, I'm not sure if he's still offering it, 
for 300 bucks, it's the best thing you ever bought. If you find a better one, you're going to get it cheaper. I'm not sure. It seems like this one is not in production anymore. But anyhow, Do you know this the, guy? I, well, oh, another fun story. I don't know this guy personally, but years ago, I stumbled across this website even or company like, I don't know, eight years ago or something, because I was looking for blenders. I got into like vegan and raw vegan and whatever and smoothies, whatever. You need a blender, of course, right? I didn't want to pay 700 bucks for a Blendtec or Vitamix. So I was looking around and I found this company that created in terms of quality, the same thing, but for 300 bucks. And the big difference was that I don't even remember now, but I think this is, this one is turning to the right. So basically all other blenders in the world are turning, I think, left. I don't even know now, but this one is reverse. And at this point, I was also into this whole, like, you know, vortices and directions. And during my first ayahuasca trip, all I was doing is moving my body like, like a snake in one direction and in the other, trying to figure out which, literally which way is up and which way is down. So I was in that mode. And the cool thing was that kind of impressed me was that I wrote him and I was like, oh, so you have this. Uh, developed this mixer and is the only one turning to the other side and also has like this sticker which supposedly structures your water because of whatever additional effects and so on um so i was like you know can you explain why you did this and what he did which impressed me because i knew about this already he sent me like a basic document about universal scaling maybe you're familiar with that this has to do if i can properly recount it with the wavelength of protons and if you apply certain formulas, you can even adopt them to the physical world and basically, for example, create a circuit board that will be perfect and will not need to be adjusted or something because you follow certain rules and can apply a certain level of optimization. And it's about, you know, vortices and all these good stuff. So he sent that back to me and said, like, well, if you understand this, we can talk more. And I was just like, hmm, nice that this guy even knows about these thoughts and these realms, you know, I was like, I'm super impressed. So I kind of trust him. And they were really nice whenever I, uh, uh, how do you say, without technically, without warranty, was a bit silly and uh, effed up the blade or something. They were really nice to fix it, you know, <laughs> in terms of, yeah, you know what I'm saying? You snake vortices the wrong way, it seems. No, I put in a spoon. <laughs> Raphael, take the matrix. It's like there is not, no spoon, bro. Not, yeah, not deliberate. Yeah, <laughs> truly, not. But anyhow, so I, I, I don't know him personally, but that's my backstory with this guy. So that's the story. And then they also made these water filters, and that's how I, you know, got to know them more. Let's say. Well, we want to team up. Like that, we, that's why we were asking. We like. I mean, I definitely am into creating. Um, uh, the other so, guy I know through one connection, so I'll hook you up as soon as you hit. Cool. Perfect, perfect. So our composite chart is our son is in the 11th house and Sam's uh, son is in the 11th house and he has a North Node in Aquarius, right? And Venus in Mars in Aquarius. So actually he's a powerhouse and we're a powerhouse. We just need the people and the connections and let's just fucking change the world. Yeah, I mean, I've learned a lot from this business that I've been in. And like at the moment, I'm helping my mom also. Um, you teamed up with my dad. Yeah, so... I, but I feel like this drive, like I was even thinking about creating kind of like, a, I don't know, something along the lines of giving people information and the power to basically like move away from the pharmaceutical industry when possible and to just start to heal your own body with using, you know, natural things, um, whether it's C60 or whether it's PEMF or whether it's thought processes, brain entrainment, these things like 
it's all create a little online ashram yeah. for things, right? Exactly. I'll, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't find it unsynchronistic, but I, I mean, the reason I called this episode as them sea changes is because on the one hand, um, it's a good Beck album, but when, um, sea changes are like when the, there's a change in the atmosphere in a nautical sense, like the tides change. Um, and the outro song is actually um, a song called Dem Changes. So that's why I kind of, or Dem Changes or whatever by, a, um, I forget who it's by. But anyway, um, Thundercat, this bass player guy. Anyway, um, it's funny. We've been talking a lot about water. And I think I said serves up in the uh, intro blip. So it seems <laughs> we've got a lot of like resonances on this front. One thing I wanted to say really quick, uh, Judith, I thought you'd find this funny. And um, I just have a question or two about what you've been up with jewelry. And then we can let you all dip. I know we've been talking for a while. Um, my fiance Haley's mom, uh, I mean, she's passed now, but basically they're at Stoke on Trent, which is kind of like a rougher. I don't think it was like Compton bad, but it's like probably similar uh, England situation where it's like just rougher kind of working class situation. And um, we were talking earlier about like people being um, incentivized through kind of shitty pyramid schemes and like, you know, the doctor makes money and come to me and I, you know, I'm going to sell you this surgery because I get like a Ferrari every time or whatever. Um, this literally happened in Haley, in Haley's mom's experience. Basically there was a dentist who I guess had some weird pyramidal scheme thing where it's like, come get gold teeth, which I thought of you right away, Judith. I was like, Judith would be down with this shit. It's like, come get gold teeth. It'll be discounted, blah, blah, blah. So like a shit ton of people, including Haley's mom and Stoke, uh, had gold teeth basically because this one dentist was like hustling him all for it being like yo come here and i'll give you a discount or whatever the deal was i thought you'd find that funny um i've seen that you've been posting up a bunch of pictures about like rings and shit what's up with that well it's just me creating (laughs) but it's you know cyclical so i work uh for a long time on one thing and then i kind of like this was the first batch that i really took the time like experimentation kind of to really with the full moon like put it on my little altar and like bless it and like fuse my energies together with it. Then afterwards, when I started to make the pictures with them, I, I really felt, I, you know what, I don't know if I'm biased or not, but honestly, I felt that they, they just, they were just conveying more energy to me and like more, more slices of, of dimensions that I usually feel my jewelry's um, exuding. And uh, <laughs> Sam says, of course they were. So Anyway, she's very talented. She's very humble. But honestly, my problem is that, you know, my business is still not like set off. I'm just collecting my little things and my experiences. And I'm still, you know, going on little tiptoes in my Virgo and ways, even with my 10th house stellium, but whatever. And my problem is that I, it's so strange. I'm just like you, Jim, with this, with this whole money situation where I honestly would be so happy to just make jewelry um from the gold that i pooped out in the morning or i don't know how i would get it but just make jewelry for people and just give it to them like hey yo i see you need this kind of energy let me give it to you wear it be like a king be like a queen cool and i just don't want to deal with money but fortunately i have this jewish boy next to me who will help me with that but so i don't know if i answered your question what's the deal with the jewelry well it seems like you've been productive i mean when i was at your plaid uh i saw your little workshop your little hermit station jewelry shop I mean, you've got a lot of high-tech stuff, and you now have the education. I mean, you finished up that program or whatever, schooling of jewelry making. So I didn't know if this was like a launch or if it was just kind of like tinkering and like you're kind of percolating things out a little bit at a time. I just didn't understand what was going on, but I had seen you've been active, so I was kind of curious as to what's up with that. You would see the launch. No, it's just a little She's tinkering. getting started. She's Camping getting started. Start. She made silver teeth 
couple silver teeth for me. I saw that shit. Yeah. I made the gold tooth for me. She's got gold tooth for her. She's rolling in gold. I'm silver. But it created a tide because my my few um student student fellows partners were like, oh, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm starting this gold tooth project. And all of them came on board. Like, can you can you make a yeah. A uh, uh, buy trade for me and me, and cool. so everyone's starting a little. Gold Plus, in Switzerland, again. I have like three people that are four people at least that are like, yeah, like I want, I want silver teeth, I want gold teeth, I want this, I want that. And you know what? I want to implement that afterwards later too. Like you know, all the teeth um, uh, correlate with like different meridians and different parts with your brain and stuff like that. So I'm gonna infuse it with like intention symbols. Intention. Um, Intention's important stones. in everything we do, right? Yeah. And that's what Judith would make really good jewelry, and will make really good jewelry. Just to get this straight, what kind of jewelry is this to be put on a gold tooth, or how can I imagine this? Just to be clear. Oh no! So the gold tooth that I make are not not um whole gold teeth. They're more like caps, gold caps that you can just pop on your gold on your teeth. On it's your like a mini teeth. grill. So yeah, it's like a grill. So it's just like an outer shell. Right. Okay. Okay. Thank you. And yeah, intention. You know, she's like. I can really feel what difference it makes when obviously, but like it's so tangible what the intention is put behind uh work that you do. It just it just it it gets programmed especially the metal, I can really feel how it becomes programmed by the thoughts you have and what kind of energy you're doing it with. And, and from, from the other side too, like people as a, as a, as a, as a person looking for something, like you want meaning behind it. And like in a place in a world where there's things that so much shit without meaning, or at least the meanings hidden, or it's like ulterior motives and just only let me get your money, blah, blah, blah. Like more people look for things like with meaning behind it. Like, oh, like, why is that that way? Oh, I made this this way because it, you know, this stone is for this and we charged just, it with this. And and you're just uh, drawn to it energetically, energetically. So like, I'm really, really interested in and drawn to like talismanic jewelries from Eastern traditions and, and stuff like that. And I want to infuse it with my own experience of, of energy, of, of the ways of energy and how, how I feel that my intentions and energies infused the jewelry. And I kind of want to make like a neo, neo, neo version of, of, of talismanic jewelry. So, so yeah, That's what's I'm, up. I'm launching, I'm launching slowly, but surely. It's hard. I'm, also not, to I'm not twisting your arm. I'm just one. I was oh, like, I uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it is hard during a time of COVID and weird shifts, sea changes altogether. I don't know if you guys, I wouldn't suggest watching the presidential debates. It's just kind of a joke. I watched days. it. It was a shit show. It. it was kind of funny in a way because I'm so detached from politics. I'm apolitical at this point. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> like if he's a time traveler, cool. I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> or whatever. He's, yeah, I, yeah. I, it was it was pretty crazy, though. I mean, I'm not into it, but I got to say it was definitely like, it was definitely a low point, I think. I mean, it's already been a low point for a long time. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty bad. But anyway, well, look, y'all. I appreciate you coming on. It's been a lot of fun. Um, we'll have to get you guys on again individually together. Whatever's clever. Um, keep hanging out. I guess Judith, you're bouncing in a week. I didn't realize it was that soon. I knew we scheduled you, rescheduled, and you're like, we got to do it quick because we're we're going to Europe. Um, but have fun. I guess you're going to Budapest. Yeah, I'm going on October 13th. I, I pushed on my ticket, and I didn't know that it's going to be the day that Mercury goes retrograde, so that's going to be fun. Extra luck your way. Enjoy the full moon tonight in Aries, guys. Definitely check it out on the water if you can or something. 
and uh, going to the beach. I want to go dancing. for a second surf session of the day. I I said that I'm not going home without dancing naked under the full moonlight. So I I hope that this night is going to happen. And I want to go for a second surf session of the day. So between those two things, I think it's going to happen. Um, any kind of parting thoughts from either of y'all? No, it was nice to connect and, uh, <laughs> no you know, no, like really like other people, like we're definitely interested in linking up with people who are interested, like, for example, this water, um, and yeah, things like this and building communities, building, uh, you know, creating experiences for the future and, and just really truly finding the others. Like there's so much energy that I think we've accumulated during these past six months to, to set it off with like a real community building because over here we've been pretty hermit moded, right? Both of us, like we don't really have friends here or like um, connections that we hang out with a lot. So we've been just, yeah, accumulating our little powers to set it off. Chilling with the cats. Chilling with the cats. We got oh, tuxedo yeah. cats. We got tuxedo fostering. cats. They're all dressed up and nowhere to go. Well, they're going to a new home next week, so yeah. So that's gonna be a, a hard one too. But yeah, so so we ju- we would just like love to team up with other people, find the others, and uh, and also last time I think I was cut off. I told you guys that you feel like brothers to me, and it's so crazy that I listen to you guys all the time, and it's like a strange feeling that. I hear your voices constantly and it feels like I'm living with you guys together and you do so good things. And these podcasts you do is just really uh, such a good gift to, to everything. I'm sure interdimensional aliens tune into it too and have a great time. So keep doing that. Keep up the good work. And, and thank you so much for having us. And oh, speaking else? of aliens, I was filling out a form on the U.S. government website. And they were, you could like drop down a list and it said like, who, like, what are you? Like, are you a U.S. resident? Are you a green card holder? And then one of the options was, are you an alien with extraordinary uh, ability? And I thought that was pretty funny. That is funny. I think they probably mean like, I mean, I think that's a political term for something, I know, but I know. that's funny I, I, as I, fuck I that. still. <laughs> <laughs> I got that. My humor was there. It was probably hidden behind the... <laughs> the lip. They're looking for all the spots. I mean, by now we know as above, so below, so... No coincidences, all synchronicities. Well, that's what's up. Thanks for the uh, pat on the back, Judith. I appreciate it. I know Raphael has fun. It was a hug. Fun. I'm sorry, it hug. but it was not a pat. Uh, okay, <laughs> what else? What else? <laughs> yeah, thank you. You're, it's definitely sibling soul tribe shit for sure. So um, I guess on that note, yeah, this is a good example of just how finding people that are cool, linking up with them, making magic. It's not that hard. Take that leap of faith and be willing to kind of move uh, from a position of thinking, you you know, like the whole hangman thing was like changing your idea of what power is. It's like real power is finding people that you agree, not just agree with, but you vibe with and like changing the world. So hopefully we can all do that. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say. Nice. Let's do another one in, in, uh, in Yoga. Euro version. Yoga. Yeah. The, Euro, <laughs> the Swiss version. We can European go. edition. Yes. yes. What do you call awesome. a Swiss Mexican? Or no, what do the Swiss Mexicans say to the other Swiss Mexican? I don't know. Yodelay way. <laughs> awesome. So thank you for joining. Thank you, you specifically, for listening. Thank you, Jim, as always. Yeah. Take the leap of faith to the other side and continue to enjoy yourselves. Radio Radio Pokey Talk.